Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for always listening to The Unbiased Truth. I am your host for this 10 for 10, Alan Teedle. It is my first 10 for 10, and it will not be the last, but I come to you today to say a few quick words about a new benchmark in cinema, the movie Greta. It's, it's a new film. It's a new thriller slash... I don't know, horror film? Uh, Maybe um, an emotional drama that is about the plight of just, you know, people, you know, growing up and going through things and trying to accept new norms in life. But that is not how the movie plays out because Greta... Saying all of that is actually one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Period. And I am joined here today by my beautiful wife, Kelsey, because we just watched this film and we're awestruck because the cast is pretty damn good. I mean, Isabel Huppert is in it. I mean, she was in she was in a, uh, one of the best foreign films that won an Oscar a few years ago in 2013. She was in L last year, another nominated role. And now she's following it up with Greta, with Chloe Grace Moritz, and a few other people who you've seen throughout the years. But this movie is insane. Like, I mean, opening words, opening thoughts, go. Well, I would call it a uh, buddy comedy is where I would go with that. And despite the star quality Almost everyone in this film gives one of the flattest performances I've ever seen, other than Isabel Huppert, who just acts for everybody in the room. Yeah, she really does, and and I just don't understand. Like this, this is one of those movies that you just you watch it and you go, "How the fuck did they get any of these actors to sign on to it?" Because I know a couple of these actors. You know, they're those people that you, you've you seen them in a million things, but you just don't know their name. So those are the people who are always fighting for their next paycheck. But when you go to somebody like Isabelle Huppert, who is an international actress, never really had a big American film, you know, so she probably saw this as, oh, perfect, this will be my big break in America. And then you have Chloe Grace Moritz over here going, I'm just trying to get out of the shadow of kick-ass. Will it ever leave? Will, or will I always be Purple Suit Girl? Or whatever her name was. And it's just not a good take for either one of them. Either one of them, they just... it. Just a, just a quick like sum up, like quick summary of what happens in Greta. Chloe Grace Moritz newly moves to New York because her mother died. She moves from Boston. And she quickly you know, is just very distraught in her day-to-day life. And, you know, she's coming, she's a waitress. She's coming back from work and she finds a purse on the subway. And you can see all this in the trailer. This is totally one of those movies that if you go and watch the trailer, you will know exactly how this movie plays out pretty much. And so she finds this purse on the the train and she wants to return it. So she goes to Lost and Found, da-da-da-da. She ends up going to the woman's house. And the woman is who? Greta. And... Greta is the sweet old lady, but she turns out 
that you know one night when they're having dinner at Greta's house, which is weird because you know she's like a, at least a seventy five year old woman, and Chloe Grace Moritz is maybe twenty five tops. And it's just it's it's not weird. I think it's fine, and I think it's lovely if you want to respect your elders in that way, and you want to you know I'm going to go over to Mrs. Robinson's house and cook her dinner or something. But when it becomes too much, and Miss Robinson starts to think that she is your mom, you might want to lock that up and just and just move it off to the side and get out as quickly as possible because the latter is bad the the way that this turns out is just absolutely insane so she finds she's looking for some candles for this dinner she finds a multitude of other purses the exact same purse and there are all these numbers written on the back and so she freaks out runs out of that doesn't run out of the house but just quickly leaves and then greta just turns into a fucking stalker a fucking stalker just she's wearing sunglasses all the time and just like following her and just it's like it follows remember that movie it follows it's like it follows but it greta you know what i mean and it's just one of those movies where it's one of those movies where like she's trying to tell everybody what's going on like but and the thing is is everybody fucking believes her they're like stop talking to this lady but then she can't and then she can't get out and Greta is just one of these ladies who, you know, of course she has all of these needles and everything, but I- I'm rambling. Help me out here. Well, I'll say this. I have not spent so much time trying to stifle laughter in a theater in a very long time. Right. So many choices that they made just completely missed the mark, but in a really fantastic way. I have to say, my favorite part, I think, of the movie was right as the film was ending, just before the credits, the only other couple in the theater other than us were sitting behind us, and the man immediately just said, well, that was a piece of shit. (laughs) And everybody agreed. And by everybody, she means the other four people that were in the movie theater. And it was... It was an experience, but I mean, I'm also not mad at it because I was stifling laughter the whole time, but I just, I've never laughed so much at a movie that was supposed to be one thing and just turned out to not be what was advertised. And, you know, usually in situations like that, people are dumbfounded. I remember walking out of The Love Guru. And just being like, wow, that's a pile of shit. But I'll go, I would go watch Greta again tomorrow because it is hilarious. I would love to go back and just giggle the entire time because seriously, people like you really should go see it. Don't pay for it. Do not pay for it. I paid too much money to see that movie today, but it is an experience that must be enjoyed it's going to go straight to DVD very soon. It's not going to do great in theaters. If it does, it's going to hit that cult classic moniker very, very quickly. But the most ridiculous part is it doesn't have a terrible Rotten Tomato score. It's like a 54% Rotten Tomato score and a 48% audience. Like, it's really half and half. But I think that half and half are those people like me who really really enjoy a bad movie sometimes i i I talked to a bunch of people in that i've like 
been done comedy with over the years and this, this and that. And like one of the common things is that when you're doing anything with acting or comedy or just anything in life, you have to love to bomb. I think we've, me and Cameron have talked about this on multiple episodes. Like you have to find enjoyment in bombing and being just bad sometimes. And that's what that movie was for me. It was just watching a constant just fail. And it was glorious. It was pure joy for me. It was definitely pure joy, but I feel like we're uh, giving it too much credit. Because truly, I have not listened to such bad writing in a movie in a very long time. And it was the director... The director wrote this movie as well. What was his name? I can't remember. I just I'm it was it was truly amazing and in an absolutely wonderful way. We were con- like throughout the entire film, all of us were making sh- like shocked faces as we were listening and watching because every moment was becoming more and more absurd as the movie went on, and it was fantastic. Yeah, the movie was written and co-wrote by Neil Jordan. If you would like to have an interview with Cameron and I, and maybe Kelsey, if she would like to come back on to have an interview with you, Neil Jordan, please email us at unbiasedtruth3 at gmail.com because I would love to know what was your goal here? Was it to make a thriller or was it to make a parody of um, the movies like that? Like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, the movie Elle that uh, uh, Isabel Huppert was in a couple of years ago. Because if that's what it was supposed to be, dude, you nailed it. But if it's that's not it, I, I just need to know where you were coming from. Where did this start for you and where did it finish? Because... I thought it should have finished about 30 minutes earlier than it was supposed to because, like, spoiler alert all over the place. There's a point in the movie where it looks like Chloe Grace Morris is just going to fucking just live her life out in a little fucking box, in a little toy box in Greta's house. And it's Greta. Like, the the name Greta and, like, a little blonde-haired girl, little blonde-haired blue-eyed girl getting stuck in this lady Greta's house... Like, I just wish that she had some candy laying around. Don't you? Like, fuck, I just wish that she just had a thing for, like, fucking, like, candy canes or some shit. Just, like, always sucking on a candy cane. But there is that bit about chewing gum. And that's some candy. That's a candy thing. But, and no, she does never, she never tries to eat Chloe Grace Moritz, which that's kind of fine. But it, I just need to know, Neil. I need to know. Kelsey, closing thoughts. We need to get out of here. Go see Greta. It will be well worth your time and energy. And thank you very much for having me on today. Of course. Anytime. No problem at all. And I do appreciate you being here. And guys, this has been my first 10 for 10. And I know Cameron usually does them solo, but I'm a little bitch and I had to have my wife help me. So, guys, as always, follow us on all the social media and all of the fun stuff. This has your, been your host, Alan Teetle, and this will always be 
the unbiased truth. Thanks, everybody.